Hey, Tunes and Tumblers fam. Before we get to the show today, we actually have something we've never done before. We have a, uh, a new sponsor daddy that we need to promote. Um, it, it, was a, it was a hard uh, thought war, but we decided that we needed to start doing ads now. Because Why was that, Ryan? Why, why do we need to do ads? The biggest thing is that we've been trying to save up for a, um, a Greyhound bus ticket for Drew to go find his cockatoo that he left behind at a station in um, Paris, Texas. So the way you can help us out and help Drew get back his, his beloved cockatoo <laughs> is <laughs> by checking out Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the way that we distribute our podcasts, and it's the easiest way to make one. Uh, Pedro, w- what is great about Anchor? Oh my god, what's not great about Anchor? It's free. You have no excuses. It is free. I don't care what your financial status is. It is free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer in case, you know, you suck at editing or maybe you've had a few too many drinks and you need some help. They can do it for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You just sit back and it will throw it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And the best part is you can make money with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need in one place. If it's your first time and you want to get into the podcast game, this is how you do it. Yeah, so download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Please, please, this Greyhound bus ticket will not buy itself. Hello, and welcome to Tunes and Tumblr's Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Be sure to give both Atwood and Tunes and Tumblr's a like, subscribe, share, and a firm handshake wherever you pull your podcasts out of thin air. I'm your host, Anthony, and I have to be honest, I've forgotten how to do Century Club episodes. We were on such a roll interviewing amazing guests, not to brag, that I don't know how to sit in a room, take a shot, and just gab with my friends about music anymore. So we're doing what any self-respecting studio who's run out of ideas would do. We're rebooting it. But fear not, we're not hiring Zack Snyder to helmet. And we couldn't kick off the first Century Club of the year without a stellar musical guest. Pop singer James, that's spelled J-M-E-S, is debuting her blistering new single, Porcelain, with us today. The song is out Friday, March 5th, but you can catch it here first at the end of the show. So be sure to stick around. Well, of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I rounded up my usual team to help remind me how exactly we do one of these, and they are... Ryan, your music connoisseur. And Pedro, your mixologist. Thanks for joining me, guys. Today is an important occasion. Do you know what it is? Tell me. It's the first episode of Anthony's yearly sobriety, uh, known to Catholics (laughs) as Lent. (laughs) (laughs) We today, <laughs> today begins Anthony's walk through the desert. Yep, here we go. Well, today is actually day twelve of forty, and I feel fine. Um, I also gave up caffeine, and l- let me tell you, that is way harder. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am sleepy constantly, and I I'm wondering how normal people get through a day without two or three naps. <laughs> Most of them don't. Not these days. <laughs> I'm going to take also, a nap as soon as we're done that's, here. That's definitely, you know, the trademark of someone who is actually doing fine. They tell you they're fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. This is fine. 
So that said, I'll be watching you two take shots while I sip my LaCroix. <laughs> All right. You're having a LaCroix, a LaCroix bomb, right? Yep. LaCroix bombs. <laughs> what am I dumping in the LaCroix? <laughs> Mouthwash. <Just> milk. <laughs> a, a wheat germ Actually, shot. You can't do mouthwash because that does have alcohol in it, technically. So. Oh shit! Oh god! I can't have anything nice. <laughs> but enough about that. Let's dust off the news desk. First up, it looks like a love lockdown at the West residence. Rolling Stone reports that Kim Kardashian has filed for divorce from Kanye after six and a half years of marriage. While this may seem to have come out of nowhere to those of us who haven't been keeping up with the Kardashians. Rumors that the two were on the verge of splitting have been circulating since last year. In a series of since-deleted tweets, West accused Kardashian of having an affair with Meek Mill, claimed that she had tried to 5150 him, and referred to Kris Jenner as, quote, Kris Jong-un. Per the original report in TMZ, the split is amicable, though, and the two have agreed to joint custody of their children. Responses to the news on the web have varied... But one has resonated with me the most. And with your guys' permission, I'd like to read the full transcript of a comment by Peter Hussein Gunstone. Are you okay with that? How do I say no to that name? (laughs) He said, quote, The Amazon River runs for thousands of miles. At some points, it runs through areas of the rainforest that are almost untouched and have been barely explored. Because of the porous limestone in these areas... The river water leaks through the stone and travels deep into the earth and forms underground pools almost a mile below the surface. Over thousands of years, small, blind, transparent fish have lived and evolved in these pools. These fish have never seen the sun on the surface and have never been seen by the human eye. These fish care more about this than I do. (laughs) Yes! Oh my god. (laughs) That is perfect. Yeah, I'm glad I I stuck with you on that. (laughs) All right, who would like to take this away? I'll go next. Um, As we all know by now, Daft Punk have decided to call it quits. After 28 years, the legendary duo uh, released a video entitled Epilogue and included a clip from uh, their 2006 film Electrama in which um, they explode. Well, one of them explodes and the other one walks off. And if you've seen the movie, in the end, he, like, shuts himself off. Anyway the whole thing um so they released that video and then uh their publicist confirmed that they have broken up that they've decided to quit um let's be real here i mean toma and Manuel are gonna be making stuff anyway probably not under the name daft punk but it's gonna happen and as i was discussing with a cousin of mine recently you can't have the coachella reunion without the breakup beforehand so i don't know i think <laughs> there's still hope i don't think i don't think we've seen the last of them yet but it was still pretty sad to hear about they've they've made some amazing amazing music and uh i mean they're they'll be missed i just hope they find what they love you know the drummer of faith no more became a pumpkin farmer and ended up winning <laughs> the biggest pumpkin contest every year and i hope they find what they love whether that's birdhouse making or um <laughs> a pack of basket farming. weaving i just want them to be happy <laughs> we all do we wish you the best staff punk I can go next with some happy news. There is uh, positive news on the horizon regarding Lady Gaga's missing dogs, Gustav and Koji. They have been found. Folks, if you haven't been following the story, um, the LAPD has confirmed via the AP that the French Bulldogs are safe and that they were stolen by two, uh, two people from Gaga's dog walker and friend Ryan Fisher. 
Earlier this week, Ryan was shot in the chest while walking Lady Gaga's dogs Gustav, Koji, and Asia, who ran away and was recovered. He is in stable condition and is expected to make a full recovery. Thoughts and prayers to Mr. Fisher. After Lady Gaga pleaded for the safe return of her dogs on Twitter, a woman brought them to the LAPD's Olympic police station around 6 p.m. this evening. The woman is reportedly uninvolved and unassociated with Wednesday night's attack. I think I can, we can all rest easy knowing that Gustav and Koji are back where they belong. So, so wait, who shot him? Apparently not that lady that brought the dogs back. <laughs> um, yeah, he was walking the dogs, I believe. Um, a white sedan pulled up next to him. Two men jumped out, and one pulled a gun and fired a single shot at him before fleeing with the dogs. Happened on Sierra Bonita Avenue in Hollywood, I believe. Holy shit. So I'm assuming they're Gaga fans. <clears throat> they were like, that's them. That's the dogs. Maybe. I think they're money fans. Their gun. <laughs> they're just fans of cash, probably. Oh, my God. And I, she's I don't currently, know how to feel about this. She's currently in Rome filming a movie. But, um, yeah, looks like the dogs are back. The dogs are back in town. But not without a body count. <laughs> <laughs> he got shot in the chest, but supposedly is expected to make a full recovery. So, that's good. That's modern that's medicine. Good. I hope yep. he gets. I hope he gets a raise. I would just like to say that Tunes and Templars does not endorse vigilante justice, even for French bulldogs. <laughs> Please, not all sedans are bad. There are no bad sedans. Only bad sedan owners. <laughs> <laughs> little mon- little monsters stand down. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I think it's time we moved on. Thank you for getting us back up to speed. Gentlemen, um, I think it's safe to say that we are adequately informed of world events now. (laughs) But it's time we dropped a quarter into the jukebox and got some tunes going. Ryan, what are we listening to today? So today, we are listening to Post Malone's cover of Hootie and the Blowfish's I Only Want to Be With You, released in conjunction with the launch of P25 Music, a year-long celebration of 25 years of Pokemon, in partnership with Universal Music Group. Ooh. I'm feeling the nostalgia on several fronts. We have Hootie, we have Pokemon. I may have to put on Cracked Rear View and grab my old Game Boy when we're done here. But first, Pedro, <laughs> do you have a shot to wash this all down? I certainly do. So I love Pokemon. I love this cover. And Post Malone makes me think of just you know going out to a dive bar and having a really good time. So I kind of wanted a, a shot that uh, would make for a good party drink. So... What I have is called the Thunder Shock, classic Pikachu move, obviously. Um, it is sake, since Pokemon originates from Japan, um, a little bit of lychee liqueur and lemon juice, and then we are dropping that into oh uh, some Red Bull, the yellow edition. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, it, you need that jolt, you need that shock, and I, I feel like this is... This is right, like, down Post Malone's alley. You know what I mean? This feels mm-hmm. like something he would drink. So, uh, yeah, that is the Thundershock to honor this cover, to honor Pokemon, and to honor Post Malone. And um, wow. me and Ryan both have them here. Oh, my God. <laughs> what am I dropping into my LaCroix here? That's the question. <laughs> I can't even do Red Bull. I gave up caffeine. Oh, yep. No, this is... <laughs> oh. I made this all because Anthony can't have any of it, I guess. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Soon so, enough, in due time, uh, Anthony. Oh my God! <laughs> so, cheers, Ryan. <laughs> cheers, cheers. Oh, this is fun to watch. Oh my God! 
Oh man, that is really good. Uh, if you could see Drew's face right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Spilled all over the floor. That's great. So, <laughs> what do you guys think is Post Malone's favorite Pokemon? Venomoth. Or no, no, sorry. Venonat. Venonat. Do you know who I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, I yeah, do. Definitely. Venonat. I don't know. I'm, I might say Slowpoke. Oh, yeah. I like Slowpoke. I think Slowpoke would be a good one. Yeah, Slowpoke is good. I don't know. I, I'm i thinking like Geodude. Personally. Oh, that's a, that's a pretty good one, too. Or no, no, no. Graveler. Okay. Yeah. How about yeah. this? I'm going to throw another one into the ring. Drowsy. Yes. There it is. That's, that's it. We've that's done it. One. Drowsy. That's the one. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to post a side by side. Like, this is his whole team. We're just making his whole team now. Like, you can just pick six of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're dealing with a lot of nostalgia today. It's been 25 years since the release of the first Pokemon game, Red and Blue. And it's it's been 25 and a half years since Post Malone was born. And it's been, what is it, 27 years since Cracky Review by Hootie and the Blowfish? I, I don't I think it's I think it's 26. I think it came out like a year before. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, and I think it's kind of weird to view the mid-90s through such a distant lens. Uh, do you guys think that time has been kind to this decade? Hmm. Uh, the 90s? I think, I think yeah. Because it seemed, I don't know, it seems to me anyway that everything from the 90s is sort of coming back to the uh, to the generation just after us. Like, they're all, they look like kids from the 90s. The haircuts, the clothes, like, it's sort of the cool thing now. Yeah, the gigantic white FIFA shoes, mm-hmm. chokers. That middle part. We got a lot of pop punk coming out right now. We have, you know, Kenny Hoopla, Machine Gun Kelly, Mod Son. God, there was like this guy that I just found the other day. His name is Lil Huddy, which sounds like a a rap name, but this dude does like 2006 emo, like to the T. Like it could be a My Chemical Romance or a Taking Back Sunday song. It is called The Eulogy of You and Me. Can you think of anything more emo? <laughs> I think my skin just cracked open. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what do you guys think of this cover? Um, It's, you know, a little different, but I think it's got the same bones. Um, Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? I loved it. I've always liked that song. It's not one that, like, I play all the time, but when it comes on, like, I I jam to it. And this, he did a really good job of the cover. I don't know, he kind of nailed it. With like the vocals, the way he sings it and everything is pretty perfect. And it's not too different. It's just aged up like enough. And it's got a little bit of that synth going on in it. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, he brought it into the uh, he, he brought it into the present without changing it up too much. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel dated per se either. So he met kind of a fine balance, I felt like. And we were talking about this before it came on. But there's a, an interpolation, I think, of Pedro. What was the, the gym? Oh, it's Ecritique City from Gold and Silver and Crystal, I guess. To give it the Nintendo flair. So that was pretty Mm -hmm. genius. I thought that was whoever came up with that idea was pretty, pretty spot on with that. Um, And I love that when you when you hear it come in, it feels great. And so, yeah, well done. Well executed. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, But also, like, I don't remember Gold and Silver that much. How long did you guys play Pokemon? What was your last version? I I so I recently got a switch. And oh, I've, wow. I've been obsessively playing, um, like, I got the S.H.I.E.L.D. version and they got, like, the expansions with it. I've been so fucking into it. Like, the other day I was up until, like, 4 a.m. playing. I started with Blue, and then I obviously got Yellow, and then Gold and Silver. And then I think I didn't play many of the games after that, although I kind of would, like, keep keep uh, keep an eye on what was happening in Pokemon, like, from afar. 
because I always loved it, still did. Um, and then recently, yeah, the the most recent generation is the one I got into, and I it's so much fun. And seeing like the updated game compared to like playing on that colorless like brick that I had when I played the blue <laughs> version, like it's the difference is crazy. Um, and the mechanics are a little different here and there, but it's it still feels really good to just to pick that first Pokemon and start wandering around this region. It's pretty fun. I think gold and silver were the last ones I played. I don't think I got on the ruby and sapphire train, but I knew I knew there was trouble ahead when they um when the game got sophisticated enough to have um time zones. Oh, so if you were, oh yeah. If you yeah, were playing right. the, if you were playing in the morning, certain pokemon would not come out. Mm-hmm. You'd have to play at night. When yeah. I when it started dictating when I played, um I knew we, you know, that it was good and bad. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, like, I think that was around the same time Animal Crossing came out, which had a similar thing. You know, the game responded to the time zones. Did you guys see the digital concert that he put on for this? Indeed. Mm-hmm. What, what do you guys think about that? I mean, he's, he's not the first one to do it. I think Travis Scott did one for Fortnite. Like, you had to be in Fortnite to experience oh, yeah. it or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I personally that. think this is like a good avenue during quarantine. Of course, not every artist can do this. Mm-hmm. Like no one can not like, like our good friend talker can't just be like getting a motion capture suit and like yeah. <laughs> fight with Pokemon. Um, I think it's definitely a niche thing, but it, I think it's a great experience for people who are missing uh, their favorite acts. Uh, what, what are you guys thoughts about this? Well, it was kind of surreal because it's not really him it's like an animated version of him dancing along and sinking you know lip syncing to the songs so if i was missing post malone i don't know if this would make me feel more connected with him you know but i think why it was so effective was because it accomplishes like the dream of any kid who's ever played pokemon or been invested in the game of some way Mm -hmm. because for those who haven't seen it he's floating basically starts off in a gym and then he starts floating on a platform through all the different pokemon worlds and they're all dancing along and like bobbing their heads to the music yeah and who wouldn't want that who wouldn't want to be among just them among pokemon you know so it kind of reminded me of pokemon snap did you guys ever play that yeah yeah. and like you just go through and like the pokemon are sort of in their natural environment and you get to see them doing like cool shit it kind of made me think of that which was always like like that would be a dream to experience when i was a kid like that would have been the greatest thing it was it, it had that same energy where it's like you just sort of get to be uh, immersed in in all of it in a world that you I mean it doesn't really exist but it it feels good to just let yourself believe that you're there pokemon snap i feel like was for the uh the art kids who didn't like violence that was such a brilliant <laughs> thing that they released that you know yeah it was good like what if i don't want to have them fight i just want to take their picture what if i'm just a voyeur <laughs> the thing is Pokemon Snap might have been my favorite Pokemon game. There was just Hell yeah. something way uh way more intense and and way more satisfying about trying to find them like mm-hmm. in the landscape. It made me want to travel. Like I remember the canyon level made me really want to go like out into the desert and just like photograph nature. Dude, that canyon level is one of the fucking best. I love yes. that level. If you can get the Magikarp into the waterfall and create <laughs> yeah. a Gyarados like Yep, and then you throw like you throw balls into like the whirlpool, and a dragonite pops out. Oh god, that game is so fun! I'm excited for the new one. Yes, and it was like a photography class because like you turned in your photos, and Professor Oak was like, "Oh, the composition is great. <laughs> you, were <laughs> <close>. <laughs> <laughs> you were close." 
<laughs> You'll never I'm amount so, to anything. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so sad he's he's not gonna be back for the new game. Like he was the best part. Just hearing him comment on your fucking photos. Wait, he has who's to pick the bucket him? by now, right? There's a <laughs> there's a new it's a new professor who's like rating your stuff. That's really amazing that you said that about the game making you want to go into the environment because I never thought of it that way. And that's what the new what was is it Pokemon Go? What was the game where you go in the Oh yeah. The, oh yeah. That the one that killed you... people. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was so that true? Is... Did people like walk the... off cliffs or was that just all made up? If I don't know. I think probably people maybe almost got hit by cars or something, but that sounds like user error to me. <laughs> they were being yeah, people are going into the environment playing and maybe not diverting their full attention into the basic tasks of walking or looking where you're going. So I think that occasionally led to reports of accidents. Um, unclear how many there were. Boy, if you don't know anything about Pokemon, like if you're just truly in the dark on this or just never experienced it, you would come away from this chat we're having thinking that Pokemon inspires violence and, <laughs> and then death and destruction. <laughs> um, but... I guess listening to this made me kind of go back and look at how the Nintendo had has gotten famous music stars to get involved with its brand. Mm-hmm. Like Donna Summer on the Pokemon's 2000 movie, Power of One. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Wait, was that a real thing? Yeah. She did a song for the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Pokemon, the franchise has recruited pop stars, I think, a lot over the years. And, and this one just made a lot of sense if i was a brand thinking about who to collaborate with this i mean post malone's really the kind of the first person you'd think of i mean he's just so he just seems so he's so down to collaborate and try things and he's just such a charismatic guy Mm -hmm. but it is kind of funny to hear those songs i mean some of the lyrical topics are fairly dark and to see like a like a gyarados bobbing its head to psycho is kind of an interesting (laughs) it's pretty surreal you know you just can't think too hard about it i guess um (laughs) I mean, it's like the lyric from Hey Ya uh, by Outkast, right? Like, y'all don't want to hear me. You just want to dance. And like this song is about uh, wanting love, but then realizing that everyone around you is like miserable in love. <laughs> like you want to be like mom and dad who stay together because they don't know how. <laughs> right? It's true. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Depressing. <laughs> try not to think too hard about these, you know, upbeat pop songs. <laughs> Just don't worry, picture, I don't I'm think just, most people do. <laughs> just trying to picture like Pikachu dancing while your parents tell you that they're splitting up. Oh. <laughs> That's what I do. Like when, when the parents are fighting, I would go into my room and, and pop in Pokemon Yellow version. <laughs> and just, just like hum to myself. Just rock back and forth singing that little Clefairy metronome song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> okay, uh, let's uh, let's get back to... <laughs> Uh, anyway, like one thing I noticed about the P25 concert was kind of how jarring the song transitions were. Uh, mm-hmm. The set list was Psycho, Circles, Only Want to Be With You, and Congratulations. And Psycho is like a pop trap song. And then Circles is kind of like a psychedelic pop song, like uh, rock, like soft rock psychedelic. And then Only Want to Be With You is more just like straightforward rock. It's got that like intense guitar solo right in the middle. And then Mm -hmm. he jumps back to Congratulations, which is this hard-hitting, like, club rap song. 
So what do you think of that? Like, did it seem to flow for you or like what's going on here? Is this just like the new era where everyone's going to be doing every genre and just slapping them back to back like this? Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. <laughs> I think you're right. Now that I think about it, they didn't exactly flow incredibly smoothly, but I don't, I was too focused on the visuals, I think. And mm-hmm. so I think entranced with what was happening visually that I didn't even, yeah, it didn't. Yeah. I didn't really notice. It's interesting. I guess it's I mean, so normal. It's, it's, you want to talk about normalizing things. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, all the, all the genres flowing together like that, I think is starting to feel more normal, you know, mm-hmm. it's not as crazy or jarring, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've always been the kind of person who like when I make any kind of playlist that I'm listening to, it's usually got some pretty different stuff back to back. And it's not, there's hardly ever a playlist I have where it's, you know, one kind of music. So I don't know the the transitions musically didn't bother me too much. I mean, it, it, I guess it kind of fit because they were the way the the visuals they were moving through. Like there was one where he was like out in the grassland, and then suddenly he's like deep underwater, and then he's in like a lava cave, and like everything was just sort of changing pretty rapidly. So it didn't I don't know it didn't bug me that much. Um, yeah, no, I, I I didn't really notice uh, like any sort of jarring between from one track to the next. Yeah, to me it felt a lot like how we even curate our playlists now and mm-hmm. and hitting shuffle on those playlists like i'll just be listening to this down tempo uh ambient track and then all of a sudden like um i hear travis scott just like bumping really hard exactly like, oh, that's just normal i'm just continuing what i'm doing right um yeah uh so i i want to talk a little bit about because we're we're kind of coming up to the end of our time i, I want to talk a little bit about this song as a cover um we i think we all agree it's a good cover but what does make a good cover to you like something that stands to me it's something that stands on its own that tells a different story musically than the original give me a new interpretation of it that's my opinion mm, like a new perspective mm-hmm. on on the same song yeah i see that i see that for sure. Or maybe you hear it a little bit differently or you have a newfound, it creates a newfound appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it added something that maybe it brought, yeah, a new element or dimension to the older version. It's such a controversial topic because so many people will say, well, that song didn't need it. Much like movies don't really need remakes. Like you alluded to at the beginning, Anthony, like uh, movies, uh, we're gonna, <laughs> you said we're going to do what we're going to do and do a remake. Many people think certain things pieces of art don't need remakes but if you can truly add something in this mm-hmm. one and yeah and this one was effective cuz i i recognized it but he truly kind of he made i think when people make it their own too mm-hmm. as, as the sign of a good cover when they can make it a when it feels like a post malone song which right. i'm not even sure what that means with him cuz he dabbles <laughs> oh, in so yeah. many genres yeah um but somehow it did feel t- like he did make it and even the versions of songs that we think of as the definitive versions of those songs, um, we don't realize that they are covers. Like Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash, that was originally an Anita Carter song. Like Tainted Love, of course, by Soft Cell, that mm-hmm. was uh, a cover of a, a Motown song that never really hit and like a bunch of people had tried over and over. Of course, Hound Dog, who can forget Hound Dog? Uh, right. who, who did that one, Ryan? The original? Uh, I want to say Big Mama Thornton. Yeah, that sounds right. That's a whole other six hour podcast, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Dealing with the ethics of that and uh, about white appropriation of black music. um, We could definitely do a whole podcast on that. 
Spe- speaking of white appropriation of black music. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about I mean, that. <laughs> Post Malone has been called a culture vulture multiple times by different publications. And I think this is a very tricky conversation. But do you think it's possible for white artists to exist in a hip hop space without falling prey to appropriation? Or is that like something that's unavoidable? I think they already exist and have existed for a long time. So um, is it possible? Yes, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) They have and continue to exist. Um, And you're always going to have people who are going to say that they're that, yeah, they're appropriating a genre and that's going to continue on forever. I mean, that. Yeah, you opened a real can of worms here, Anthony. <laughs> but it's not just hip hop, right? Like rock I mean, and roll was originally, yeah. yeah, jazz, rock and roll, blues. Those were all like all these, uh, all these genres that we think of as like uh, classic American genres. They were all initiated by black musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely. why does that only per- like why is the conversation purely around hip hop right now? Is it just because it is? the dominant genre in pop music right now is that why we're so focused on it and not these other genres mm. yeah that's probably right it's possible i know it's a big conversation and we don't yes. have the time we don't have the time <laughs> let's let's end with a more fun question what is your favorite pokemon cubone <laughs> cubone cubone yeah why is that yep. He's just been my favorite ever since I first saw him on the show. I love Cubone. He is he the ultimate backstory. He's a oh, goth, yeah. goth sad boy. Yeah, he's, he wears he's, the his skull Pokedex, mask and just stares Pokedex up at the stars all night. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the card, he's just like looking up in the sky, crying. He's his Pokedex entry is literally the lonely Pokemon. He's got like a really sad backstory. I love Cubone so much. Yeah, he's wearing his mother's skull. Mm-hmm. It oh, is, is depressing. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah, God. like the mom dies, he takes the skull and puts it on, and then he just oh, runs geez. around being like, being don't alone. you don't you go through a haunted tower in the very top? You find like the grave of the Marowak, and then you have to fight its ghost or something. Yeah, her like ghost attacks you, and you have to like <laughs> you have to put it to rest. Yes, oh. <laughs> by defeating it. Um, this is a children's game from 1996, <laughs> dude. That game was so great. It got dark, but it was good. God, it's almost like little nods to like the texas chainsaw massacre or something you know (laughs) when i played pokemon diamond my friend had pearl this was like senior year of high school and this is how we'd spend our ta period in physics class like we were the the tas for physics and we just played pokemon with each other the whole time and he traded me his haunter for something and he became (gasps) a gengar yeah he was the fastest pokemon i have ever had in my lineup he always went first it didn't mm-hmm. matter like the speed was overpowered and he tried to get me to give it back i'm like fuck no you gave me the <laughs> best pokemon i could have asked for so and it's like been my favorite ever since um when pokemon go came out one of my favorite uh instagram artists i, I may have mentioned this on the show before um she was doing commissions of like you know drawing people with their favorite pokemon and i had her uh draw me me and Gengar as if we were in Miami Vice. So we're just like back to back, like holding guns and wearing these giant white coats. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's got some, yeah, deviant art energy. Have you heard like the theory of Gengar though? Where he's like, he's like the shadow of Clefable. (gasps) That makes so much sense. Yeah. He's like the, he's like the dark shadow of Clefable because they're like the same height and they've got like the ears and stuff. Yeah. 
because Clefable killed his brother in his sleep. Um, <laughs> Gengar is the result of that, obviously. It has like one of those conquer yourself kind of energies. <laughs> 100%. When I first got the cards, I had a friend who had a Tangula, and I thought Tangula was the coolest looking Pokemon. He was just this kind of um, bundle of vines yeah. with eyes and like Nikes. Yes, or like a Nike equivalent. Yeah. Kind of looks like an old McDonald's character. Oh my god, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Wait, the, I remember that fucking thing. McDonald land, yeah, for sure. Well, I well, and it was so I love that card so much. My friend wouldn't give it to me. We all if you if you traded Pokemon or were involved in any way, you had some sort of very emotional trauma that affected you for that time. Or not a not a trauma, that's too far, but a memory where very emotional memory associated with it because it loomed so large in our lives. Mm-hmm. But I got bamboozled by these Taiwanese triplets in a payless. Um, and they, um, they <laughs> sounds like I, the start of a joke. <laughs> that is such a Ryan statement. <laughs> well, they <laughs> they saw I had cards, you know, and um, and I had gotten I think a well, it was a Raichu. I got a holographic Raichu. God, this just must sound like such Greek to people who are who don't know who've never traded this game. <laughs> but if they uh, if you don't know it, you've probably tuned out at this point, which is fine. So, um, but I think I, I saw, they were like, well, what do you, um, do you want anything of ours for that Raichu? And I saw the Tangula and I made the trade, which (laughs) if you traded the cards, you probably just had an ulcer because you know how (laughs) dumb and bad of a trade that was, but that's all that mattered to me in that moment. Follow your heart, Ryan. I, I I mean, I mean, sentimental value is worth more than monet. That's not true. I'm going to stop that statement. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely an that was amateur hour for sure. But yeah, I just wanted that Tangula very badly. We live and we learn. And they were like, "Yeah, that's a good trade, man. All right, God, go." <laughs> <laughs> they ran out before I could change my mind. So there you have it. So while you guys were doing that, I I did some fact checking. According to the website Pokemon Go uh, Death Tracker dot com, <laughs> uh, there are. There have been 22 uh, fatal incidents uh, connected to Pokemon Go. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, since since wow. 2016, so don't don't Pokemon Go and drive. Don't Pokemon Go and drive. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I'd like to continue talking about our uh, our Pokemon histories in the 90s, it is unfortunately time for last call. Uh, any lingering thoughts about Post Malone? about cover songs, about the 90s, about about Tangela and his Nikes. <laughs> Nostalgia is a disease. <laughs> <laughs> I actually learned that from the new Adam Curtis documentary, that Nostalgia was considered a disease, I think, in the 19th century. Wow. But Are no. we all diseased? Are millennials collectively diseased? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think so. I just know. <laughs> I can't afford a house. What's your Hogwarts house? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that it's all fun. It's all, look, we're all just having a great time. We're all just trying to hang on to the last time we were happy. <laughs> we just we're that's what nostalgia is all about. Yearning for a time where you didn't ever think about death. <laughs> Post Malone doesn't even know he was born the year that Pokemon came out. He doesn't know. <laughs> Why would he know? <laughs> He was too young. Oh, you mean he didn't know at the time? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're saying he doesn't know. He doesn't know now. 
No one's told him. They've hidden that info from him. <laughs> if that's his cultural blind spot, he has never heard of Pokemon before they approached him. That nah. would be really funny. He probably never even heard of Hootie and the Blowfish either. He just he thought it was a completely new song. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he listened to Hootie because he has such an affinity for rock music. I mean, if you remember his uh, Nirvana well, no, it thing. Was, it, was, it was a joke. I, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Of course he's heard of Hootie and the Blowfish. He's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. Uh Next week, we have a very big interview, and I'm so excited about it. So stay tuned, Tunes and Tumblers. Uh, you'll find out Friday who we have landed for this interview. Yep. And thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And before we go, we're pleased to bring you our first premiere of 2021. Dallas pop singer James, and again, that's spelled J-M-E-S, is here to debut her latest single, Porcelain, with us. It's a breakup song hot enough to melt the icicles on your cold, cold heart and the perfect tune to kick you out of your Snuggie and into spring. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please join me in welcoming James to the pod. Cheers. 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 Hi, Tunes and Tumblers. I'm James, a 21-year-old artist from Dallas, Texas. Turning 21 during quarantine, I wasn't able to go out, but I did celebrate at home and had my first ever drink, a white Russian. I currently have two singles to date released with an EP project aimed to release later this year. I'm very excited to debut my third single, Porcelain, releasing March 5th. It is a song I wrote while in a toxic relationship, and it is all about avoiding toxic environments and protecting the more delicate, precious things in life, hence the name Porcelain. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited, and I hope you enjoy my song, Porcelain.